Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network that includes our radio network with Florence, Alabama, Fox Sports Shoals. We say hello to you. Fox Sports, Knoxville, Huntsville, Muscle Shoals, everywhere in between. We say hello. And of course, across the video platforms as well, YouTube, Twitter, um, Facebook, search us out, Outkick 360, and the podcast platforms, wherever you download your podcasts, you can find Outkick Programming and Outkick 360. Just search us there. We hope you'll like and rate and review and do all those great things with us. And again, follow us on Twitter at Outkick 360. I went back and looked through our reviews on uh, Apple Podcast, and mm-hmm. there are some really funny ones. So leave us a review. We may even read a, a couple on okay. the show because there were a few that were, uh, that, were, that were on point that we appreciate but also made us laugh. So we may read a few. So please, like Subscribe, hit the thumbs up, give us a rating, give us a review. All those things help. Armando Salguero will join us in 15 minutes as we preview week four across the NFL. Um, some good matchups throughout, and they involve some 3-0 and teams that face some really tough games on Sunday. Um, we could go weekly in, in this regard as the unbeaten teams continue to dwindle. Uh, but this week, guys, we will have uh, the Raiders at the L.A. Chargers. Good game with a uh, weird spread. Yes. Uh, Ravens are on the road against the unbeaten Broncos. This is Denver's first real test. Although, Paul, you were telling me during the break that uh, Lamar Jackson has not practiced for a second consecutive day. Uh, he's got some back issues. So, I mean, usually a guy gets things sorted out during the week and ultimately is ready to play. But, um, you know, if his back is bothering him, uh, the question to me always is, how is he doing in the fourth quarter of, of a yeah. game like that? Um, and so that'll be something to see. And, and Denver, you know, should hem in a guy like that. And, and you would think get a couple hits on him as, as difficult as he is to corral. I think the entire discussion around Denver could change this weekend. I think because so, so far it is totally... We're not buying Teddy Bridgewater. This team was terrible a year ago. They've Haven't played three anybody. awful teams. They've looked good in those three awful opponents, though, with the, the teams they've beaten. I, I think everything could change the way we talk about Denver being an actual contender uh, in the AFC West, being a contender for a playoff spot with the outcome of this game. They're the third best team in the division, even if they're good, I think. Well, the thing about well, again, Denver, we think that right now. Them. I just think it can start to change this week if they win. And, and watch them. And look, they haven't played good teams. They've been very fortunate that two of the two of the three games have been on the road. Uh, that counts. Uh, road wins in in the conference. Um, you know, steady Teddy Bridgewater is what he's called right now. He uh, over seventy percent of his passes are completions. Um, he has not take uh, does not take a ton of chances here. It, but it, it's winning football, right? They don't turn the football over. And then defensively, Von Miller, uh, uh, John Harbaugh said it either this morning or yesterday. Von Miller has found the fountain of youth. Uh, where he is healthy, he looks. There is a, he, he's revigorated, so so to speak. Like it's just he's getting after the quarterback, and so is that defense. A, a different test though with Lamar Jackson, but if if Denver plays its game, 
they, they'll be the talk among the talk of the NFL next week by beating Baltimore and staying unbeaten, so to speak, as we move forward into the month of October. Is he speaking literally about him having found a fountain of youth? Because uh, what do he do? No, you know, guys who come back at his age from injury and disappearance, there is often speculation about how they do so. Well, they've they've already popped Gerald McCoy There is a a clinical fountain of youth available, is what we're saying. uh, Not that he's doing that, but immediately the speculation does start a lot of times when that happens. He could also just be the Tom Brady of defense, where he's just really good no matter what age he is. Or Tom Brady could have found that fountain of youth. yeah, or or they just get healthier. You know, sometimes that happens too. Yeah, I, and I don't know how old how old's Von Miller. Probably uh, over a decade. Thirty. I, I mean, he's thirty. He, he's playing very good football out of the gates, coming off injury. Um, as is that he's thirty-two. So it's not at a you know ridiculously old age, but you would start slowing down at 32 as a, as a pass rusher for sure. Panthers begin the non-Christian McCaffrey availability era once again. Hubbard on the road at Dallas, Carolina at Dallas, where Dak Prescott is playing among the the best football of any quarterback in the league. Even with the loss in Week One, I still maintain it's Brady number one for me among just straight production. Prescott's right there. He has been excellent. And, and Dallas can beat you in a multitude of ways on offense. I think, um, you know, Carolina can lose this game and not be, you know, pushed aside as a sure. serious thing. But uh, we talk all the time about not if you lose, how you lose. Um, I, I think Carolina can, can continue to stay established if without McCaffrey it plays the Cowboys and doesn't get shoved around and, and Hubbard's going to start blown out and Hubbard did some good things, uh, you know, in McCaffrey's absence before. I don't think Carolina is a folded up team without McCaffrey. And I think it's a well-coached team and a, and a more talented roster than most people think. And even if it gets blown out this weekend, it's not the end of Carolina's uh, thing, though it'll be cast that way. People will say, Oh, without McCaffrey, they got pasted by a good team and that's it. And, you know, a team like Carolina will disappear to the, to the back of the conversation and everything. But I won't be surprised at all if Carolina hangs around in this game. I, I don't expect them to win, but I think the Panthers will, will maintain some contact. So much talk about Matthew Stafford getting out of NFL hell and leaving Detroit and going to L.A. and what that means for him and his career. Not enough talk right now about Sam Darnold doing the exact same thing and how he looks different now that he's not a New York Jet and how he's being utilized properly, and he's got a good team around him, and most importantly, he's playing with a great defense. From the complimentary aspect of things, Sam Darnold could be a big storyline moving forward. Um, This obviously is an enormous test for Carolina, but when you talk about career rehab, not that Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford's always a really good player. He was just in a bad situation, but we always knew that he was a good quarterback we didn't really know that with Sam Darnold. No, we weren't sure. No, we, we knew were that pretty he sure was, he wasn't. We knew that he was he was hamstrung with mm-hmm. that Jets organization, but no one really knew how good he was going to be, and he looks pretty good so far as the Panthers quarterback think, and, and someone who can win with that great defense with Carolina. I think a lot of us said, you know, for Carolina, given the options that Carolina had, it was a good risk to take and so far so good and you mentioned the Rams a good note about the Rams here 
The Cardinals are the only team in the league. It's Rams-Cardinals this weekend. Cardinals are the only team in the league to score 30-plus in every game this season, which is pretty impressive. So they've got uh, at least 90 points this week from my quick math. Arizona, during the Kingsbury-Murray era, has averaged 16.5 offensive points per game. So they're nearly doubling that. Against, oh, no, I'm sorry. Average nearly, uh, let me start again. They've averaged 16.5 offensive points per game against the Rams. The Cardinals are 0-4 in those games. So are they going to score what they've scored against the Rams? Or are they going to score what they've scored in the three weeks of this season, which is nearly double that? Um, it's a real test of who the Cardinals are against the team that they're going to need to to beat in order to really contend for that division. Right, and the uh, the offseason talk for me has been this is a Cardinals group that the nucleus of this team has been together for now three seasons. And what you build for are not the season opener against the Titans where they showed up and were looking to prove a point, and they did. You're building for matchups like this, on the road, taking on the Rams, and that defense and the offensive cohesion that it will take with all of that. Murray's only one of three quarterbacks right now that's thrown for 1,000 yards in three games. I mean, they get after it. Can they do that with the pressure that's going to be facing him and that offensive front uh, with, with what we know the Rams are capable of with the whole group? I think they're going to be in a real fight with San Francisco. I, I think the Rams are, are going to be a different class. And I think San Francisco Seahawks and the Cardinals are going to be in a hell of a fight. Um, and maybe the Seahawks, though, the three of us are, I think, remaining on the same page. The Seahawks just are going to wind up a notch below. And the Seahawks have blown two, two chances at wins the last two weeks where they didn't seize control of things that they could have seized control of. Right. Arizona and San Francisco are doing better than that. And I think a San Francisco loss to Green Bay with 37 seconds left is a lot better than what uh, Seattle's done when it loses a uh, game it has complete control of in the first half against the Titans and then – you know, completely peters out, and then the week after also loses a game that I, first half control doesn't amount to a lot in the NFL. If you're no. going to come out of halftime, get uh, out adjusted and disappear. Well, the the McVeigh he's what forty and 0? with a halftime lead. Yes, forty and zero with a halftime insane. lead. That's that. that that's really all she wrote. Something. And I mean, they're not leading at halftime by twenty on the, all the time. It, leading by one or three at halftime. That that's a hell of an accomplishment to be able to. Uh, adjust and maintain and stay ahead at, or or give up the lead and come back and retake it. And Goff is now 0-10 or 0-11 without McVay available. Yeah, so Jeff Fisher and uh, and Dan Campbell not collectively getting it done with Jared Goff. Look, you, you know, you remember, when, you remember when they were on Hard Knocks and Jared Goff didn't know the sun rises in the east. I was done with him that yes. moment. I declared I was done with him. I don't care what he ever does. He will always be the quarterback that didn't know where the sun rises to me. You're saying that the Detroit is the proper home for a quarterback who doesn't know where the sun rises? Well, yeah. I mean, it's so gray that he'll never see right. the sunrise, so it doesn't matter. There are also some and they're really... in a dome, so that also helps. <laughs> exactly. There are also some really bad games on this NFL slate tomorrow. Five games with seven and a half or worse spread. I will give you two or more upset picks for tomorrow I look uh, as we go into the weekend. Oh, and you were two for two last week. No, weekend, it was right? two for three. Oh, you gave because, us three. Uh, I thought yes. you gave us two big and held I was big on the Bears. Bears, Bears they they were pummeled. I, um, pummeled. I'm gonna, this is another weekend. I'm going to have to take snapshots of all my bets because I go into non-betting territory on uh, 
Friday night. Pretty sure Arizona allows online betting, so I think I'll be okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think you're right. But I placed a few, double, I placed a few bets that. in advance just in case. But you might double-check it because if you place the bets and you wind up in a place without the bets, you can't even see what your bets no, were. No, you, you can't go on the app at all. Yeah. I'll remember, though. That's will all going to change. Will you? That's I'll all going to change I'll soon. This is, this is going national. Yeah. Well, that's what's amazing is it's at 10 now, 11. Yeah, but 10 50, now. 50 states. 10 I mean, now with Connecticut will be 11. Connecticut and then Florida. Yep. And then the nation. Yes. Then Wyoming. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Then Nebraska. Casper, Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming is just ready to go. They're ready to it's explode. Good. They're calling it the next betting. Vegas. Yes. Underrated game this week for me. Packers hosting the Steelers. That's it's a good game. A, it's uh, I mean, it is. It's a very intriguing one, because Roethlisberger has he is old, and it happened. I mean, they, this is a team that started twelve and zero last year, eleven and zero, twelve and zero. Um, not and playing well. No, not at all. Wasn't Najee, one of them hurt the last time this game happened at Lambeau? Either Rodgers or Roethlisberger was out. Okay. So they there has not been a Rodgers. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, there has not been a Rodgers Roethlisberger matchup at Lambeau. They have not faced each other since they had the Super Bowl matchup a decade ago. That's a shame. I mean, I like the way the NFL schedules, but if you think about that, like that those two guys Rogers. have not played. Rodgers had a Lambeau. collarbone, a collarbone injury. Yeah, and it was thirty-eight, thirty-one the final. That was twenty thirteen. And, and now you don't get to see it until you know Roethlisberger may be right at the end. But if you're a Packers season ticket holder, you know, that's pretty cool yeah. to, to know you're going there and you're seeing the two, two classic quarterbacks match up. You know yours is. And this, will be the, uh, this will be the last team that um, Rodgers will need to face in order to face every single NFL team at Lambeau. That's cool, too. I, I love those type of stats. Me, too. Like when you are the quarterbacks, the players who've beaten every team in the league, and when you see that over the course of time, pretty cool. Well, one of those stats is, is Brady. He's going to be when if and when they they win on Sunday, Brady will become the fourth quarterback to defeat every NFL team in NFL history. Who are the other three? Um, Breeze, Manning, and Favre are the other three. Pretty good company. That's the that's the four. Like if if you sat down Those guys at a bar okay. with your buddies long enough, you'd come up with that four. Yeah, it's it's the obvious four yeah. of longevity and playing in, well, at least for. Well, yeah, playing in different conferences. Well, you have conferences. to be modern, too, modern right? Modern can't be free agency, yeah, you didn't have a chance to do it. And you can't be old before, you know, you have Jags to be 2002. Well, and Texans. Texans are the newest team. Armando Salguero joins us when we return. We will discuss Brady returning to Foxborough. That is where he's headed to cover the game for OutKick. Armando Salguero, our senior NFL writer for OutKick.com, next on OutKick 360. Time to talk... The NFL Week 4 slate on OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. And, of course, we start with the game. Not just the game of the week, but the game of the season that has been circled even prior to when the schedule was truly announced because we have known that Brady would return to Foxborough this year and everyone would expect NBC and Sunday Night Football to have that as their number one pick. It was also the number one pick for OutKicks coverage. Armando Salguero with us, senior NFL writer. He will be in Foxborough to cover Brady's return to take on the Pats with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Armando, great to see you as always. There's the, there's the information <laughs> to make it. it official. He will be there. He's got it. Oh, it's a note. Handwritten note. Or, uh, Please is it, find. Uh, is that from Stacy James? 
They sent me a parking pass and a credential and thanked me for it. What do you wow. think about that? That's pretty classy by Stacey James. That is big time. Absolutely. So that give us give us your thoughts and um, just the, the, the hype and the expectation for what this game will be just in the warm-ups and the pregame atmosphere. And then once we actually get to kickoff, who knows? Maybe on the opening drive, Brady sets the all-time passing mark on that possession. I mean, there is a lot that goes into this game regardless of the relationship between Belichick and Brady. Yeah, no, there's there's a ton. I would expect – I'm going to make a prediction. I would expect the New England Patriots to kind of try to take Brady out pregame. And what I mean by that is I expect some sort of emotional, uh, you know, kind of like uh, a remembrance of Tom Brady's years with the Patriots that's going to make Tom Brady cry when he's on the field uh, prior to the national anthem. It's going to be on the, you know, on the big screens. And they're going to do whatever they can to try to have him thinking about something other than beat the New England Patriots. Think about your years here. Think about all the great times you had here. Think about something other than beating us today. Be emotional. Get you out of your game. I bet you the Patriots try that. Hutton has predicted the very same thing. So you guys are like-minded here. They, they've had a ton of time to prepare for this game. And I, I seriously doubt, Armand, I said this yesterday, they, they are not going to just turn their back on Brady because I, I wouldn't want to do that to him and, you know, piss him off to, to that extent. I would play into the emotional aspect and try to take his – it's the same thing that maybe Brady's dad did in a weird way last week by bringing up the departure and Brady waiting until this week to address it. But maybe for five minutes – you have Belichick think about Brady while he's preparing last week for the Saints. Who knows? My point is, I, I would try to get Brady into the elements and the atmosphere of the game more, more than just playing the game. I don't know if they can do that, though. Get him thinking about something other than, I'm going to kill you guys today. <laughs> that's, because that's what Tom Brady is thinking about when he goes into a game. I'm going to kill you. And if I'm killing you, I'm not going to stop killing you. I'm going to finish the killing. That's what his attitude has always been like. I really appreciate it, to be honest with you, because I kind of feel the same way about some people. <laughs> but uh, it's what makes him a great competitor. And so you got you to gotta fight fire with fire. You know, we, we are certainly giving all the accolades to Brady and let's look at the scoreboard. He's won the Super Bowl. The Patriots are 8-11 and 11 since he left. Um, are we discounting Belichick's role in this matchup so far? Are we, are we undervaluing what he could come up with for Brady? We're going to go there. We're going we're gonna to wonder if Bill Belichick can match up with Tom Brady. Hmm. No, I don't think he can. I think Bill Belichick is a great coach, okay? And I think that, obviously, he was a great teammate to Tom Brady. It was a good combo. But there was the reason that Bill Belichick before Tom Brady was just a guy. And there's a reason why Bill Belichick last year after Tom Brady was just a guy. They were seven and nine. 
And meanwhile, Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl with some other coach. <laughs> the point is this. Tom Brady, he spans the gamut of I can do it with whomever. I don't believe Bill Belichick can do it with whomever. Uh, anyone who thinks it was Bill Belichick, you know, authoring those Patriot way things. Come on, man. I mean, Bruce Arians did it in one try. He's one for one. Belichick wasn't. Brady will, if they win Sunday, it'll be his 116th win at Gillette Stadium. Second most all time is John Elway in a single stadium with 95 wins at mile high. What will the reception be like for Brady? To us, it's no question he's going to be cheered and adored as he sprints onto the field from the visitors area. Um, but beyond that, what do you expect from Patriots fans with Brady throughout the game? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I, I don't think it's going to be a universal reaction because there will be some people, of course, that they're, you know, the Mark Wahlbergs of the world and so forth. They just love Brady and they can't help themselves. And no matter what he does, they love Brady. But Patriots fans, those people were fans, a lot of them, you know, when the team was not a Super Bowl contender every year, when it was not an elite franchise. And they're fans of the team, not Tom Brady. And those guys, those gals, they're going to boo Tom Brady. So I don't see this universal love for Tom Brady, um, certainly not during the game, that's for sure. What, what We were discussing this earlier this week, Armando. Maybe you've been in a setting like this and you know the, the protocol a bit better. But they, they briefly stopped the game for Drew Brees at, at, down in New Orleans. It was a home game. When he, when he set the record for all-time passing yardage. When Brady does it this week, what's the protocol? Do they stop the game briefly for a ceremony, give him the football or whatever? Um, or, or does the NFL control all of that? Yeah, no, the NFL is not the controlling. It's the home team that okay. controls. So I don't believe that there will be a ceremony. Um, it might take three seconds, five seconds. Here, have the ball. And then it gets tossed to the sideline mm -hmm. and the, and the, you know, the equipment manager, but if there's, can you imagine if the, if the, <laughs> you want to get him out of the element? Was, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, I just can't fathom that at home. Yes. And I've seen all of those, uh, you know, when Marino had that season where he broke like four different records, the games got stopped. He would thank the crowd and the whole thing. But there was one record that he did it on the road and nobody noticed. <laughs> and it was like, keep playing, keep moving, move along here. We're, we're busy. Uh, the clock is running. And so that's what I would assume will happen. Uh, if, if the Patriots do that, I would think that Bill Belichick would not be thrilled. I want to go back a little bit to your distribution of, of credit on the Belichick-Brady deal and, and plug it into the New, or New Orleans formula. Not as much success there, obviously, in terms of Super Bowl titles um, with, uh, with coach and quarterback. But with Drew Brees gone now, do you feel the same way about Sean Payton and that, that uh, ultimately what's going to happen there is uh, – 
going to prove to have been really Breeze's doing and that, that Sean Payton's not going to find the same degree of success with Jameis Winston or whoever it is uh, who, who's replacing Breeze. Yeah, that's that's you bring up a good point. Um, I guess my point with Belichick is he didn't do it before Brady and he's not he didn't do it in the one year we know after Brady. The unsaid thing is he didn't have greatness at that position, right? Uh, if Sean Payton finds not Joe Montana, but Steve Young, he's going to keep winning. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. It's about, do you find the next guy who's awesome? And if you don't, you're, you're now just another coach. But if you find the next guy who's awesome, you're going to continue to be awesome. Uh, I guess, for example, Don Shula, he had Johnny Unitas, and Johnny Unitas went to the Hall of Fame. He had Bob Greasy. And think of whatever you want, Paul, about Bob Greasy's, uh, you know, Hall of Fame nomination. He's in the Hall of Fame. And then he had Dan Marino, and he's in the Hall of Fame. The point is, he's the winningest coach in NFL history. He happened to go from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer uh, at the quarterback position. I'm sure that if you give, you know, Don Shula in his prime, you give him, I don't know, uh, Mac Jones as a rookie or, you know, Cam, Cam last year, Cam Newton last year. I'm not sure that he's going to be going to Super Bowls. Let's put it that way. And we'll move across the league a bit. One other note to mention about Sunday night with Brady returning. Gronkowski's also returning. And you want to talk about a guy who could play the Hill role He's dinged up on too. Sunday night. He's dinged up. He did not practice again today with a rib injury. That dude's playing. He will play on Sunday night in the return to Foxborough. I'm eager to see those two connect and what that reception might be like in the middle of the game, Chad. Armando, I want to get into Cincinnati. I want to be excited about them. I want to watch them. I like Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase and what he's done early on. Joe Mixon is a good running back. I know tonight's matchup with Jacksonville, who's terrible, is not a premier matchup. But should I start to get excited about this Cincinnati team and this offense moving forward? I think you get excited about Joe Burrow. I think you get excited about Jamar Chase. Those two guys have a chemistry that is not a, we got him in April chemistry. It's a three years together going back to their LSU chemistry. And so that's something that is showing up already. Uh, Jamar Chase is the NFL, you know, rookie of the month or something uh, already. Um, the defense is playing well. And, and that's, the reason that that team all of a sudden looks like maybe they could be a little bit better than what we all thought. Maybe they're a little bit better than their reputation. If the defense plays well, we know that Joe Burrow is going to develop. We've got a pretty good idea that that's going to happen. But if he gets help from the other side of the ball where they're not playing complimentary football, um, I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but could they win eight games? Could they win nine games? You know, why not? I mean, mm -hmm. they 
handle the Pittsburgh Steelers the other day. So, Armando, the Colts are a two-point underdog going against one of their former quarterbacks, and it's not Peyton Manning or Phillip Rivers quarterback in this game. It's Jacoby Brissett. The Dolphins a two-point favorite over the Colts. Do you think HBO, if they could have a take back, would take back the Colts being the in-season selection uh, for hard knocks later this year? Oh, man, the Colts, they're, they're like this. It's not hard knocks. It's hard luck. Um, so, and, and now that I think about it, you know, Andrew Luck should still be the quarterback of that. Team. But regardless, you've got a quarterback that has not one, but two ankle injuries. That's the maximum, guys. You can't do more. <laughs> You know, uh, Quentin Nelson is injured. He's never injured, but he's injured now. It, they have so many injuries and so many. You look at their injury report. I counted it the other day. There's eight guys on their injury report. Uh, so I understand that they're an underdog and they're kind of a vanilla team regardless. I mean, there is no Philip. I would have liked Philip Rivers on hot, on hard knocks because that guy will say stuff and speak his mind. And, you know, he's an open book. Carson Wentz, not so much. And most of those other guys, Frank Wright, not so much. Armando, if, if the Rams are number one in the NFC and the Bucks are number two, who's the third best NFC team right now as we go into October? Oh, Lord, I wrote about this the other day. And I forgot who I put at number three. <laughs> Was it Dallas or Arizona? Uh, or Green Bay. Actually. Green Bay. It was Green Bay. Yes, it was Green Bay. And, um, yeah, it, I would say to you, you look at the AFC, you look at the NFC, the power right now is in the NFC, is it not? For sure. I mean, the first three teams in the NFC – any of those teams are, you would say, Super Bowl champions at the end of the year, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna blink. You look at the AFC; the Kansas City Chiefs are, are struggling a little bit. Buffalo, okay, are they for real? Are they really that good? Uh, but the the three teams on the other side, Aaron Rodgers is a pretty darn good quarterback. Uh, the Rams are a pretty complete team. I, if they have a weakness, I don't know it. Please tell me what it is. And obviously the Bucks are the defending champions and they are going to pummel the Patriots this weekend. Yeah. Want to pop outside of week four for a second. Gail Benson, uh, it's come out. Her estate plan calls for the Saints to be sold. We know the Bolin family's uh, drama is going to result in the Broncos being sold. The names that have surfaced there include Jay-Z and Jeff Bezos. What do you think the NFL wants primarily out of, of the potential future owners of those franchises? And, and are they, we know they love rich people. But it, it, Chad has posed this question before. Like, is there such a thing as too rich? These rich people like Jerry Jones, who obviously is going to have a huge say in who the next person is. Like, do they want the richest person in the world to own an NFL franchise? And does that enhance them? Or do they want people who are more their level of, of rich? No, I don't think that uh, there is a level of rich that is too is rich. A 
is a, is a limit for the NFL. I think there is a level of, of, I guess, falling in line and being part of the company that is a limit for the NFL. The NFL doesn't love owners who are individualists. Uh, that's why the NFL and, and Al Davis didn't get along all that great. That's why early on, Jerry Jones was kind of like a black sheep because, you know, I remember back in the day, the NFL's major sponsor was Coca-Cola. And Jerry Jones went out and made Pepsi the Dallas Cowboys major sponsor. And the NFL had a fit. They hated it because Jerry Jones was doing his own thing. It wasn't that Jerry Jones was rich. It was that Jerry Jones was an individual. They don't love individuals. Um, so if you're talking about like a Jay-Z, <laughs> if you're talking about a Bezos, um, I, I don't know that Bezos is a, you know, a big individualist, but I get the feeling that Jay-Z is his own man and his own brand, and that's not going to go away anytime soon. So that's the that's the thing that the NFL is is a little um, they look sideways at people when they come at you with any sort of character, any sort of personality. Armando Salguero, our guest, you can read his work outkick.com. You, you mentioned uh, the, the Bengals going on the road, winning in Pittsburgh. That's their first divisional win with Zach Taylor outside of the month of December, and they did it on the road in Pittsburgh in September. Uh, for comparison's sake, what would a win for the Cardinals do this week on the road against a very, very good Rams team? As you mentioned, it's hard to find a weakness, and if anyone can point one out, send it to us. But Kyler Murray's one of three quarterbacks right now, Armando, as you well know, that's passed for over 1,000 yards in three weeks. Uh, what would that do for the Cardinals to go on the road and win in this division? Well, it would shut a lot of people up because uh, the folks that I've talked to the last couple of weeks, and I mentioned the Cardinals, they always say, yeah, okay, well, who have they beaten? Right. And what have they done? Uh, alert us when they've actually done something against someone. And the NFL culture, it's there's a lot of that going on. I mean, we all know Lamar Jackson, for example, is a good quarterback. Yeah, but, you know, look at what he's done in the playoffs. He's not you know, do it in the playoffs. Hey, but you know what? Uh, Bill Belichick's a pretty darn good coach. And I did it myself. Yeah, but do it without Tom Brady. So it's always the yeah, but, and the yeah, but with the Cardinals is they haven't beaten anyone of, of high regard this year. And, you know, they haven't done it in the past either. So that's problematic. What are you working on for the site? And uh, what can we expect on Sunday with a full recap of everything you'll be doing in Foxborough? Right. So I've already talked to the um, to Clyde Christensen, who was the um, quarterback coach for Peyton Manning and is now the quarterback coach for Tom Brady. And I always wondered, what do you do? <laughs> 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 You're the quarterback coach for these guys. What's the job? <laughs> Talk to me about that. Um, I'm also working on a column. So the Atlanta Falcons fired a scout today 
because because not because he's not good at his job, but because he's not vaccinated. So I'm going to take a look at that as well. And um, I'm sure that no one will be interested in that. On the <laughs> You'll get a ton of clicks for both oh, of yeah, them, no, no doubt. doubt. By the way, Christian's job is to get Kyle Trask ready for the practice squad team. I mean, that, for, the, for the show team during the week. Or to do whatever Brady asks him to do, to, to yeah. assist with any right, film right. study or anything he needs him to do. Enjoy Foxborough, Armando. We'll be uh, we'll be very jealous as we watch on Sunday night. Absolutely. Yeah, Paul. What do you think? Foxborough, best press box food in the NFL? Yes or no? Yes. Atlanta is uh, close second, I think. Hey, Paul. Go ahead and tell Armando what you'll be doing on Sunday and which game you get to watch. Oh well, yeah, I'll be at the uh, second most popular game of the week, the uh, the Titans Jets game. <laughs> but it does come with a, a visit with my parents, who I haven't seen in a long time. So I'm painting a happy very face. Good. Very good. Zach, Zach, uh, Zach will show you a play. <laughs> yeah, Titans haven't gotten any turnovers. So they've got one in three games, so this should be a solution to that problem. Their, their, leader, in, their leader in force fumbles, Armando, is their <laughs> offensive tackle right, right tackle. now. Um, the Jets are the cure for many ills uh, right now. So good day for the Titans, I think, coming up. Should be, should be. Hey, uh, Jags after that. Two weeks of good medicine. Go ahead. Where are you headed next week? Uh, next week, I've not okay. planned it. I might be at the, once again, at the South Florida Bureau of Outkick.com. The Red Zone Channel and Outkick coming together next weekend. Yes. Armando, thank you as Enjoy. always. We will catch up with you next week. We love doing this. Thank you. Thanks, Armando. Armando Salguero has been our guest. Always uh, good energy. Absolutely. Always. Yes. Absolutely. When we come back, let's take a look at the top college football games. Chad's about to depart and head to Arizona. We need to get his final thoughts on what is a great SEC weekend. But really, across college football, there are some big matchups. Cincinnati on the road against Notre Dame, for instance. Michigan with a big game this week. A prove-it week for them in a lot of cases. Uh, There's a very good uh, matchup of unbeatens in the Big Ten that no one's thinking about also. Yes. That's it. That's going to be in my top 10 tomorrow. Let's hit that next on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Twelve minutes. The Tennessee Power Hour. We discuss Titans and Jets, Vols and Missouri, and much more. That's all coming up in the final hour of Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. That's where Paul and I will go through those two matchups and we'll focus heavily on Derrick Henry and third down tendencies for this Titans offense. Chad will be headed to BNA airport here in Nashville as he departs for the bachelor party of a lifetime in Scottsdale, Arizona. Already got one listener who's from here who now lives in Scottsdale wanting to uh, meet up to, to watch some football. So please slide up in my DMS. If you're <laughs> a fan of the show and you know, Scottsville, uh, Scottsdale, or you live there, Please let me know all the places uh, that we should go for this bachelor party. Looking forward to it. Um, I've always enjoyed my trips to the desert. Usually, though, it's just with Hutton uh, sitting on the end of a bed watching Real Housewives of Orange County. That's or or hosting a radio show. That's Super Bowl Bowl trip, usually. We bonded over Real Housewives. We did. In the desert. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Paul and I bonded at a bar we can't remember uh, in uh, Arizona. Yeah, we had a good time. Was that Friday afternoon? It was in Scottsdale. 
Yeah, I, I think it was the end of our our uh, our preparation week yeah, did that before we, were, we flew out. Chad of, will be joining us tomorrow poolside, I hope, because you and I once joined Chad poolside. He was hosting solo back in Nashville as we went to cover the Titans Cardinals, followed by Titans 49ers, and we never left Arizona because the Titans stayed out there that week. And it was a horrific um, week for the Titans. It was a horrific trip for the Titans. I lost both those games. It really uh, put the nails in Mike Malarkey's coffin. I won big at the Indian Reservation Casino that week. So many have before. You, you did, and so, <laughs> so many have before. Am I crazy? So we're going to hike uh, Camelback Mountain tomorrow. It's a two- to three-hour hike. Am I crazy <laughs> in that uh, – I'm sorry to shift gears here. I don't know if we'll have time to make it to Bed Bath & Beyond, but well, we're, we're going to Am hike. I crazy in thinking that I'm going to be walking for two to three hours? I know it's a desert. I know it's going to be in the high 80s. But it, on the thing, it's like, you know, prepare with uh, a first aid kit and water and this and that. You and don't I'm need thinking, a first aid kit, but you do some I'm I'm you. Gonna go there. Good. I'm going to go there with absolutely nothing and get done with it and then chug a lot of water. Or am I going to try to do that and end up like Saul and Better Call well, Saul yeah. when he's in the desert? This Can't is, you put a bottle of water in your back pocket at least? Two things, Paul. Maybe. Uh, either he's going to get caught up in a sweat lodge in Camelback Mountain or whatever it's called. And or or Keith Morrison is going to be doing a uh, piece with us here at Dateline uh, NBC. Uh, Mystery at Camelback Mountain yeah. will be the episode on NBC next year. <laughs> it was it, last seen in Nashville by his uh, broadcast partners at a, at a distillery. He was headed to I'm, Camelback Mountain. I'm also amazed at the sales pitch <laughs> they give you to go hiking on Camelback Mountain. There's two different trails you can take. One of them, they say, you're more likely to see wildlife on this one like a rattlesnake. Ooh. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm taking the other one. I'm not going on the trail Chad where you see, see more wildlife. wildlife and and things got wild. The dehydration began with moonshine at Chad's place of work. <laughs> Two men the entered before. the trail. One man came down the mountain. Chad, would you like what my happened on the next date line? Do you need my advice to someone who has tried to climb a mountain before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you will need Please. you will need to be hydrated along the way. So I would take water. Uh, I took peanut butter crackers and. Uh, by the time no, the known hydration the, the, uh, <laughs> protein, Paul, yeah, you gotta have some protein. Well, it's not a you, hydration device. You, but no, well, yes, it takes something to hydrate with, and then something to eat because you want to. You need some protein. You don't right. want anything out there that's going to attract the animals. So peanut butter is better than beef jerky when you're on a trail like that. And uh, the Please, way can we the get way, read on camera too? The, but I want to see his beautiful face. The no, way, oh, okay, sorry. No, the, the way can. the way the way that my trip ended, you also may need a defibrillator. So. Well, Keep that in mind yeah. as well. Um, yeah, in your in your first aid kit. Well, that's Reed's daily Look, I, existence. <laughs> I, I may be overestimating <laughs> my own here? physical capabilities right now, but a three-hour walk, it's not like I'm going to be uh, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2 hanging on rocks no, and climbing a mountain. No, but it's a desert. It's a desert. We're walking for three hours. What's in protocol the if you find a I mean, It's not like a Bear grill situation. I'm not bringing food and everything else up Naked there Naked and afraid. What do you do if you, if you walk in and you stumble up across a body? What's protocol? You're oh, in the desert here. He's just going to walk right over. Protocol is just to keep on going. <laughs> some, some don't make it. I don't know. At, at least nature, you should have said. You, Hutton, it's nature. Some it, make it, some don't. The better answer would have been. Natural selection. The yeah. better answer would have been. That guy wasn't equipped for this. I am. That's, here's my. That's if you asked me that question, I would have been like, well, how's the cell service? <laughs> God's will. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd report it if I had a signal. Chad, your favorite non-SEC matchup you can't wait to tune into while you're in Arizona. Notre Dame hosting Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a favorite in this game on the road. If Luke Fickle and Cincinnati, if they are going to legitimately challenge to be a party crasher to the playoff this year, 
they got to go to Notre Dame and win. Mm-hmm. I want them uh, to win. I don't have belief. Brian Kelly's a really good coach, and he's a very good big game coach. I think he showed that last week where they dismantled Wisconsin. Really looking forward to that one, to seeing uh, really both those teams. But if, if I had to pick one non – and this is a big SEC week. Yes. One non-SEC game, I'm picking Cincinnati at Notre Dame. Uh, that game is at 1.30 Central on NBC. You expect the Titans to win by how many points in New York? I think the line is way too small. I agree. Uh, I, I think this is a two-plus two touchdown win for the Titans. We discussed the Titans and the Jets matchup. Injury concerns here in Nashville against a bad Jets team this Sunday. We'll discuss that and much more. Henry on third down. Plenty of topics to hit over the final hour for OutKick 360. Hang with us. Godspeed, Chad.